0: We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating.
1: Well, it's that time of year. 82% humidity in the 90-degree air, hordes of shrieking cicadas roaming the eastern seaboard, the dawning realization that you waited a little too long to reinstall your window AC unit, and of course, the return of The Bachelorette.
0: But this time with 100% less Chris Harrison and 100% more forced references to sex toys. That's right, it's Katie Thurston's season premiere, baby. And we cannot wait to dig into this beautiful episode with our wonderful guest, who we will introduce in just a minute, because we got some news to go over first.
1: Yeah, we're going to do a little quick news break here at the top. Um, And the big news that simply cannot be ignored is that Chris Harrison is apparently officially out. Deadline is reporting it as a pretty final thing. They're negotiating his exit. The Deadline headline must be called out here. Chris Harrison exits Bachelor franchise Rose Withers on 19-Year Run as host after racism
0: controversy. I mean, what a journey that, that is headline art. Is. Look, look. <laughs> like, And people make fun of digital journalism headlines. But this one, like, that editor put in their work. And I appreciate it.
1: They hit on everything, you know, every element that needed to be in this headline. Um, so the news that started coming out first was uh, last week, that chris harrison as we knew was going to be absent from katie katie's season but that he would also not be hosting michelle's season there were rumors that david spade would be hosting it the comedian um then it turned out that he would just be one of a number of rotating celeb hosts who would be taking care of chris harrison's duties during michelle's season i thought that um, was paradise our paradise excuse me um I can't get used to there being multiple Bachelorette seasons. I know it's Paradise. very There's confusing. So There's much. too
0: much content, Claire. I, There's I, too much I, for me. You can be forgiven. for My brain for has not
1: evolved for this many <laughs> bachelor seasons. Um, so that that was the initial news, and to me, this sort of read as like they're holding space for Chris, right? If they replace him with a single professional host or someone like Taisha, a single host. Who could be perceived as having some ownership over that role? It would be harder to pass the baton back to Chris in the future. you have a like David Spade trading off with like Ashton Kutcher or whoever, um, then you can easily be like, well, that was just a weird thing we did. Here's Chris Harrison. But then it began to come out that Chris was negotiating a financially beneficial exit with the Bachelor team.
0: Which, frankly, makes sense. I don't think that there was a way that he would exit without there being some sort of settlement. I mean, frankly, I would assume that they want him to sign a pretty ironclad uh, NDA for the benefit of everyone. Um, and <laughs> yeah, for, you <laughs> except know, for us. I would ex- like to know everything. Except for us. Except for us. I would like Chris to go rogue and spill the dirt. And yet, also, I never want to hear from Chris again. So there's like, conf- I'm feeling very conflicted on that. But essentially, like, I think that we need to give credit to the Bachelor fans and Bachelor alums who used their platforms and made their voices heard and really registered their upset and their displeasure and their desire to see this, you know, franchise make some amount of change. Um, And I think as we saw last night, like this show is a well-oiled machine. You do not need Chris Harrison. You do not need really like any single specific host. Like they could, I think, continue kind of having people fill in a different person or people every season and it would be fine because the show and and its structure kind of exist with or without a host to guide it. To guide That's
1: it. interesting cuz I do see the value of someone like Chris to the show be, that it's had this really long run what is the thing tying it together what is the the one you know character that keeps coming back every season there's something about having that that I think is comforting for viewers I agree I agree and so I would be sort of surprised if they went with an ongoing rotation um because I think giving them some – giving a new person for people to really latch on in that way, people got very attached to Chris. And I think a lot of people are very, very upset that he's gone. Um, not me, <laughs> just to be clear. But I, I do think that he became the person that you got to – Form that familiarity with over the years that provides like an attachment point for viewers to continue following a show over the course of many decades, and I think that that if I were them, I would be looking to recreate that. Oh, I agree. I think that it would
0: be, I think uh, it would be wisest to find a new person or like duo to to fill that role permanently. Um, I more mean that it's clear that there was sort of a false sense. That the train couldn't run without Chris Harrison conducting, um, and and that has be- very quickly been been proven to not be the case. Like I think that no one Chris's is indispensable. role, no one is indispensable, and also Chris's role, frankly, at the beginning of the show, um, held more weight than it does now. Like I still think that it's a comfort. I still think that it's nice to have a guide that kind of stays season to season. But at the beginning of the show, you know, and, and we've, I think, praised Chris for the the job he did of this, is like Chris was there to literally explain what The Bachelor was back in 2002 when it launched. Like he was the voice that defined the goals of the show and defined the bounds of it and defined the structure of it because people weren't familiar with those things. And I think now um, that that host role has evolved just in the sense that The Bachelor is such like an enduring piece of pop culture um, and people are sort of familiar with its ethos, even if they haven't been, you know, tuning in for 19 years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I do want to briefly revisit the question of his negotiated exit <laughs> um, because the Deadline article – notes that the, the, the idea has been leaked that Harrison's lawyer um, threatened to, you know, file a lawsuit that would expose a, quote, swath of The Bachelor's alleged dirty laundry. Now, all I'm saying is... Do it. What a beautiful final <laughs> act that would be for Chris to do something good for <laughs> the viewers um who have felt uh troubled by the show's you know structural issues of racism and misogyny and who want to know more about the dirty laundry do and it yeah you know unleash, yet i suspect the dirty laundry. Uh, that
0: the threat is most useful to chris because he can extract money via I mean, that threat. that is only <laughs> useful to him because he can extract money um but i nevertheless
1: dream of a different world um and also just wanted to call out all of the alums from the most recent seasons of The Bachelorette and The Bachelor who really, you know, stepped yeah. forward and took a stand together early on. Uh, two of the most diverse seasons in the, sh- the show's history. Um, and I think that that clearly turned the tide and, and made a big difference
0: um, in, in this result. And I, for one... Uh, I'm thrilled. Yeah, thanks to to people like Ivan, who kind of just came out and said, "Yeah, I don't want to be, I don't want to be on this show. I don't want to be on Paradise if Chris is going to be the host. I don't feel safe in that environment." Um, And I think that that was really, really important to have those voices. Katie also tweeted something, um, sort of definitively stating that her or implying that her season would not include. Chris, which there have been rumors that that was not uh, necessarily fully like greenlit by WB before she tweeted that. So, yeah, I want to I think it's important that people within the franchise structure are also kind of speaking up. And I guess the hope is like, look, it's I think as we've discussed many times, like our goal with talking about Chris is that it was clear he wasn't really equipped to do the job anymore in the way that it needs to be done. Um, and that is why we felt like he should no longer have that job. But the problems with the show obviously extend far beyond Chris. Um, and I hope that those voices kind of continue to call for a bigger restructuring and for um, a rethinking of what the entire team, you know, behind behind the camera looks looks like so that we don't have another generation of, you know, people of color who come on the show and feel unseen, unheard, and and unrepresented.
1: Yeah, um, and let's switch to something a little bit lighter to segue us out of news. Who's dating whom this week? Right, Piper is reportedly dating Brendan from uh, from Tasha and and Claire season. So I, I mean, just want I mean, everyone to hold the image of Piper in your mind and the image of Brendan. Just two, like, extremely beautiful people. Um, beautiful, as far as I can tell, inside and out. How well Agreed. do I know their insides? As well as you can, you know, with the information that I have <laughs> I've from seen television. their Instagrams.
0: I know <laughs> everything. Instagrams.
1: I've watched Piper's curly hair tutorials. Um, they seem lovely, and they're definitely extremely hot. And... What else do we care about in the world than hot, nice people? Literally each nothing. Other. Just nothing. give me more of that,
0: okay? All <laughs> like this is why I'm excited for Paradise. I want to see hot, nice people get together, and also some hot, less nice people get together.
1: Exactly. Uh, and I think that does it for Bachelor
0: news this week. And maybe let's move on into the recap. So now it's time for us to get into the recap and introduce our wonderful guest. This is actually a little bit of a redo for us. The last time we tried to have this particular guest on, um, we literally lost our jobs 45 minutes after we finished taping. And the episode <laughs> never aired. The The raw audio is out there somewhere just like haunting us.
1: Yeah, uh, it was tragic. But it's a new day. It's a new Bachelorette season. Given our poor track record with this, we are so glad that the wonderfully talented and clever Molly Bernard, who you might know from shows like Younger and movies like Milkwater, agreed to join us today. Welcome, Molly.
2: Hello, you guys. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be back. Oh, yes. Feels like the first time.
0: It it does. Or the (laughs) second. I mean, I basically like blacked out that day, like my, my enduring memory is that like right after we got the email that we were being laid off, Molly, you and and your wonderful partner Hannah FaceTimed me to be like, wow, that was so fun. And I was just like crying. <laughs>
2: I okay, so let me just tell you quickly my version. I this is gonna be silly. I FaceTimed you because I was like, This is so fun and I love that you British pronounced my last name, which is Bernard, but you called me Bernard. And I was like, and I, I thought it was so funny. And I was like, I had to tell you. And then I, you pick up your FaceTime, you're sobbing and you go, did you see the news? Is this why you're calling? And I was like, what you were like no no are you okay and you were like we were just laid off I just got this email everyone everyone and it took me like a long time to understand what was going on I was very
0: flustered I was very flustered it
2: was I'm so And like what luck I feel like I wish Henry had been there to lick the tears off your face I know I <laughs> Henry's know we my t- dog
0: yeah Henry <laughs> is Molly's dog who um has in fact physically licked my tears off of my face one time when i also in serendipitous timing got broken up with literally as i was entering molly's apartment for a friends giving dinner so there's just a lot of um tragedy in my life personally that that happens surrounding poor molly so. no
2: it's beshair because i feel like i i understand um you know some sorrows and i'm like yeah. there and, and you
0: know look like that breakup um our layoff was also perhaps a blessing in disguise so we we soldier on and we are having you back in this Uh, new version of our show.
1: And now we finally know to introduce you as (laughs) Molly
2: Bernard. (laughs) Slash always keep that British pronunciation and I'll like get off of this podcast feeling like, well, aren't I... Fun and fancy. <laughs>
0: you are fun and fancy.
1: Well, what uh, we learned from this premiere is that imitating a British accent is always a good idea. It's romantic and fun, and people love right.
0: it. People do. People, it people works. Do. It works, which is why um, we've brought that into our our ethos. Um, so, yeah, let's get into this premiere, which, overall, I thought it was a pretty fun time. I mean... Katie's back. She's sex positive. She <laughs> Do we know anything bullies. else about her? What we does did, she do for a
1: living? We don't know.
0: We did learn a few more things about her, um like that her parents got divorced when she, when was, she a baby, was a baby. Which like again, we had I was like, wow, we we knew nothing about her before. Um and now I guess we're going to increasingly learn more uh I
2: felt that within the first three minutes like when she was talking about herself we learned more about her than we ever did about
0: Matt 100% accurate. and I
2: was furious because you know the, something that we talked about last time we tried to do this um was that the Matt season was the first time I had ever watched The Bachelor and I didn't understand like the format or the structure and I was so upset by the season at how little we knew about Matt James and it just confirmed my rage because right away we know so much more about Katie. it's so empathetic it's so compassionate towards her. it's just such a f- drag
0: right and that's what we should have every season presumably like you're centering this character and um that's definitely something that we I think all were frustrated with with Matt's season and I hope that you know we we go more with with this tone heading into Michelle's season of the bachelorette which will air in the fall
1: it's interesting with with matt's season it was unusual because he hadn't been a contestant so there was no canonical familiarity with it like maybe you follow him on instagram or you purchased a cameo from matt james but like you you didn't know matt from previous seasons in the way that you pretty much always know the lead in the modern history of this franchise and katie we do know but we didn't get to know her in the way that you would usually get to know a lead. We didn't really know what she did for a living or her family background because she didn't make it to the final four. And she wasn't really the kind of contestant who has sit downs with Matt that where she would divulge a traumatic secret about her past. You know, when they talked, it was all just like, I'm confident and sex positive and ready to fall fall in love. And when she was with the women, it was all drama and fighting and bullying. Um, So we didn't know those biographical things about her that we often do about a Final Four contestant who typically ends up being the new lead. So we do get some of that here. Um, I still felt like they were leaning really hard on, like, this is our sex-positive, sassy bachelorette. Like, the promo was all, like winkies and like I'm being really saucy but also oh my god it's so awkward being a model like this pose is so awkward like very like just every gal girl next door who also loves vibrators um, and that's <laughs> yeah, still like, like look, the predominant thing
0: they're like this is the one fun fact you know about Katie and therefore we're gonna really like hammer it home to the point where it's like no longer entertaining at all which frankly is like what this show likes to do. Something that I also that we did learn um, is that she said that she grew up pretty poor as a kid, um, which is felt notable to me, given that like the majority of people who are on this show come from like fairly wealthy backgrounds, um, as we see with the like many large uh, suburban estates that we visit when they were you know, able to leave a resort and do hometown dates. Um, there's always sort of like an underlying class thing. And so I thought that was that felt felt notable.
1: Yeah, that that's an unusual thing in in Bachelor world. Um, and she also noted that she changed schools a lot as a as an elementary schooler. Um, she, so she struggled to make friends with her past boyfriends. She didn't really feel like she could be herself with with them. I do get this sense a little bit from Katie that, like, there is some sense in the way she carries herself that she's like, I'm me, I'm going to be confident in that. But it takes a little bit of effort to fit in socially and to feel comfortable socially. She doesn't hide that or have this, like, perfectly polished, like, social goddess exterior like a lot of bachelorettes do. Um, and so I kind of enjoy that it's a little relatable um, but it makes her have a very not bachelorette vibe to me like she just doesn't seem like the natural choice because of that because usually the bachelorette is just so just like made in a lab to be a hostess (laughs) or something Um, so we get this intro to Katie and she's getting ready for night one The guys are gonna come. How can she do this alone? She doesn't think there's gonna be a host. I guess she's just gonna just hang out with all these guys without a chaperone.
2: This
0: journey, okay?
2: (laughs) I mean, it made me think. Like, listen, I'm on television, television, not reality TV, but. How, what, what was her briefing for this? Like, (laughs) what, was she just like, okay, so then some guy in a mask is going to come out and be like, five seconds until the boys are here, go stand over there. And like, how, what, who told her, like, I'm just wondering what the speech was that involved. Okay. So you're, yeah, we'll just have the producer shout out to you five seconds down and then, and then they'll come out and you, and now, and now act surprised Okay, and, and now now tell us how you're feeling, and yeah, just look right to the camera and tell us how you're feeling.
0: Uh, like, yeah, I'm sure it was exactly like that. That sounds pretty. That sounds accurate. It's and
2: then how how could they have not? They must have said that someone will pop in and surprise you as a as a like loose yeah guide.
0: I'm sure she knew that like maybe someone would be showing up, but I guess because she did seem
2: genuinely surprised. She, she seemed really surprised, surprised to did. me.
0: She did. She and she almost started like. Tearing up when Caitlin and and because she was so arrived. alone,
2: it was just
1: going to be her with all of the men. Who was going to look after her? That's a nightmare. It's awful. There's a moment when she's in a black satin robe and she's getting her hair and makeup ready, and she's saying like, "It's happening tonight. The men are coming tonight." And I was like, this "This this sounds like an impending crime. Yeah, like (laughs) that. Those are a set of sentences that very rarely uh, sound positive. You know, it's like, do you want the men to come tonight? Are they going to (laughs) like spirit you into a van? Like, but she's trying to be excited, but she's clearly a little bit like a lot of men are coming. (laughs)
0: It's just me. Yeah, look, the reality of being Defensive. a woman is that when they're, like, 30 bros are about to, like, try to hang out with you, you're like, that's not necessarily a good thing. That's, like, kind of horrifying.
1: Heterosexuality is this perpetual a prison between horror and romance where you're yeah. just like, am I thrilled or am I terrified?
2: <laughs> I, I dated men for a long time and think... God, I'm marrying a woman because I'm like li- I'm watching and listening to you guys talk about this and I I saw that moment as well her like in the the robe saying the men are coming. They're you know, and I was like this is this is the seventh dimension of hell for me. <laughs> and it would have been the ninth dimension of hell if Chris Harrison had still been hosting because then it's all men. Only Yes. Men. And this and then is she's something- alone on her
0: island. Yeah. This is something that I think I like didn't register really before because Again, Chris Harrison was just sort of a constant, and it was just a given that he was going to be there. And then we have these two women who show up, and I was like, oh, this energy is so refreshing. This is so much better. These are two women who have literally been in her position before. They're both, like, just have really, like, positive, delightful energy. I was like, this is so much more fun for Katie than having to pretend to, like, relate to this, you know, almost 50 year old yeah. like conservative like, white dude from Texas. You're, like,
1: a, you're 30 years old. You're a 30 year old young woman, bank marketing manager and influencer on TikTok or whatever Katie is. And And you're like I'm going to have some dates with some guys and then I'm going to sit down with my confidant a 50 year old straight man <laughs> I've never met before and I'm going to talk through my feelings. Or are you going to sit down with your peer-age girlfriends <laughs> and actually have an honest conversation. It's crazy that we've never had that dynamic on the show before. It's yeah.
2: unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. I love everything about Matt James this season, even though it was such a disaster. I love that I came into The Bachelor during its renaissance. And oh, it's yes. like kind of, you know, it's reification. I think that's very, very exciting. Because already I this episode was... So re- refreshing in terms of it was so. It's like Katie. Katie's fine. Katie. Katie really, I think, is fine and she's cute. But um, she's already not. She's nothing like the other girls, and she wasn't even last season. She was very different, and I like that she's a little awkward. But the the absence of Chris Harrison is so welcome all season. I kept saying to Hannah, like, what? How is this guy the host? <laughs> Like he, and he contributed to part of Matt James's tokenization and his unrelatability mm-hmm. because he never he was uncurious about him. He was, you know, the, the the format took precedence over everything, and it felt like last season they just kept trying to fit Matt into a format that is not made for Matt James.
0: No, and I it, think that that's really true, and I think that it's exciting to kind of see. It's it's amazing how even the smallest changes within the Bachelor format feel large. Like it's still taking all of the same structures essentially. But just having these two women instead of this dude like make, really does make it feel different and makes that first night. Like it, it felt like they could have like a conspiratorial chat and these two women like the whole time the guys were coming out of the limos Tasha and Caitlin are like watching, being like, "Oh, she thinks he's hot. Yeah, she's into it. Great. Right. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like a yeah. thumbs up,
2: double thumbs up. Hump. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Imagine her glancing back at Chris Harrison, being like, and Chris is like, "Oh, I love him for her. He's so hot for her. That's amazing. Like, absolutely a dynamic you had never seen with Chris on the show. And I think it's the best thing so to refreshing. have happened to The Bachelor.
0: I agree. I'm so here for it. I'm so into it. Um and yeah, I think so far, Caitlyn and Tasha get an A+. Plus, they just, like,
1: blow in and, like, surprise her and immediately are just like, Oh my god, you're stunning. You're like a desert goddess. A desert gem. And, like, again, Chris would be like, well, you look radiant or something. Like, are you ready to meet the, the men? And... The men are an afterthought with Tasha and Caitlin. They're just like, oh, my yeah, they're God, like, you're the you're hottest hot. thing on you're two You're
0: so hot. You're amazing. Like, we're going to gas you up. I think I said this to you last night, Claire. I was like, there's some like really intense like women giving other women hair ties in the bathroom line energy of just like, I'm here for you, girl. I've got you whatever you need. Like, we don't know each other that well, but we will. We are lifelong friends now. And I'm here for that. I am so
2: here for that. And the, the, the radical shift in energy is it's like a light it's likened to, first of all, I think it's, it, it's, the reason why it feels like such a huge shift, even though it's, it's actually not is because the show's structure is inherently oppressively patriarchal. And it's like, it's, you know, it's mimicking what exists in society and in, in American like Anglo life. But um, also, I've likened it to like, it feels like um, when I, as I was saying, I, I dated men for most of my life and then I met Hannah and I was like, oh my God, I'm in a supportive, like joyful relationship for the first time in my life. Sometimes if I don't have a tampon, my partner and like soulmate has one and it, it's like, and she's like, yes, oh, you have cramps. Let me get you some Advil. Do you want a back rub? Okay. <laughs> what about a hot bath? And it's like, Wow. She gets it, and it's it's so it, the the joy in female, not just friendships and camaraderie, but relationships, yeah. is so apparent that, that this season is already more like it's effervescent in this way.
0: Yeah,
1: there's a female intimacy there that has been completely lacking, except from Bachelor in Paradise, um, uh, occasionally, but, uh. Th- the point about the, the patriarchal symbolism of Chris is funny, because when he was cast, he was so young. He was like a peer of the first Bachelor. So he was kind of in the role to the first Bachelor that Tasha and Caitlin are, which is like your friend who's like guiding you, but also just like a listening ear, like a confidant, a buddy, a wingman. And he's become sort of on the Bachelorette. It, he has the vibe of like the father walking you down the aisle to give oh, you was, away to yes. your husband, because that is sort of the the role. Is like you're not out at a club with your girlfriends looking for a man. You're like your father is overseeing your courtship to. Oh, a, so yeah, creepy. no, it's so upsetting. Anyway, enough about that. Let's yeah. talk about let's, some of the men. Let's
0: talk about uh, the fact that Katie is one of the first Bachelorettes to wear a brightly colored dress on that one she comes out in a red lace gown uh she looks i wonder if they really wanted cute. her
1: to stand out more because there would be other women wearing dresses on camera
0: <gasps> i did note that they made they they put Caitlyn and taisha in like very very simple like black shift dresses like um, body differentiate shift dresses. Body conscious dresses. They looked hot, but they were very much like it's like is the bachelor it was the bachelorette virgin version of like stage crew. They're like yeah. you, work, yes. you work this like, event. my gosh, Emma, that's funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's true. And then I I wonder if a part of them was like red is the color that pops the most and a woman if you're the only woman in a champagne gold gown against all the tuxes. That's one thing, but maybe that. But you know, maybe Katie was just like, "I'm different," and
0: she also might have. Yeah, I mean, the the leads definitely do get like some say also yeah. in the so in the fashion. The Bachelorettes so, usually, we'll we'll Bachelorettes
2: are usually in muted dresses when they meet all of their like suitors. a like a
1: metallic or or pale <laughs> color, like a pale pink or <laughs> a metallic, like a neutral, like a, like like a, a neutral rose gold. metallic. Yes, often it's a neutral metallic or white. Sometimes it'll be white, very bridal. Um Yeah, I
0: think Rachel Lindsay wore like a really gorgeous white gown that really popped on her. But yeah, there's yeah, a very
1: standard look for <laughs> for it that's like bridesmaid in a really glamorous wedding. <laughs> um and we also get some of these so they're at the Hyatt Regency Tamaya Resort and Spa in New Mexico, which is a wonderful place. It fosters love through like the scenery and the mountains
0: and also the amenities. Um, I love New Mexico. So (laughs) I am like on board with this whole season being in New Mexico. They like barely
1: begun the season before they had a guy being like this specific resort is the perfect place
0: to fall in love. I know they love they love that construction. They're like no other resort would be the place to fall in love, but the Hyatt Regency Tamaya is in fact the most romantic place on earth.
2: I have to um, say it looks a lot better than last season's place.
1: Yeah, I think that they did a maybe a better job going somewhere where the, they would be less completely exposed to the relentless rays of the summer sun. <laughs>
2: That was so. Yeah, intense. yeah. Because they filmed
0: it, it like got... in the summer in the desert last season.
2: And was the Dale season also in the pandemic, or is that just before?
0: Yeah. So the Claire and Taisha, that was the one in that they were in Palm Springs in the middle of the summer. So that's why like there was there were very few options for dates because it was too hot yeah. to like do Heaps that much. Yeah. yeah. So. uh
1: we meet some of the guys through these video packages uh connor C, the musician and math teacher um who has very 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 strong theater kid energy to me um <laughs> carl the motivational speaker who gets to experience an amazing lifestyle aside from the missing component of a relationship um just something to add to that portfolio you got and he he made some fan art of him with Katie. Is this going to be a thing?
0: I don't know. There were, there were a lot of um, gifts being presented by these men. They're really trying to stand out. Um, we also meet Brendan, the Canadian firefighter, who obviously, um, being from Canada, he, you know, used to play hockey.
1: He so. almost, like all Canadians, he could have played hockey in college.
0: Also, his um. intro, he was
2: like... I was kind of like, eh, not interested. But then they showed him in his fireman outfit, like in his fireman picture, and I was like, I screamed to Hannah. I was like, Look at this hot fireman! <laughs> and I was like, He's not hot when he's talking, and when they like he's in his live action moments. But this hot fireman pick is extremely, extremely hot.
0: It's uh, interesting because like the uniform thing usually doesn't do it for me, but he did look better in uniform. I was like, This did. man should have probably always be dressed in his fire outfit.
1: We're all just sexually attracted to being rescued from fires, <laughs> and that's an evolutionary thing, <laughs> I think. We're all just like, oh my god, being rescued from a fire, do whatever you want yeah, to be. Me. I mean, I too don't want to burn to my death so. Exactly. <laughs> uh, next is Andrew, the Austrian football league player, uh, who is wearing a sort of burnt umber or ochre mock neck um and he he's seems, like 26 right he's 26 yes. there are he's a lot the, of which is the years average years
0: age that like the majority the of them are 26
2: age. he's so cute but he's too young i i can't a lot i was of like them. go go you need to go date someone your own age and 26 is too young to get married honey
1: i don't know i think that he seems ready to settle down in a Bi-continental relationship with Katie, <laughs> uh, half there
0: in Austria, half in Chicago. Look, he just needs a partner who will support his use of a mediocre British accent. That's, oh boy. that's what he, he was makes. like.
1: I want to make Katie laugh, so here I am speaking in a a British accent for way too long, um, not really making any jokes. And I guess that's what does it for some people. <laughs> He's um, like, if I
0: just kind of <laughs> channel Bridgerton.
1: He seems very sweet, but I was like, you need to lean less heavily on the accent because it's not going to take you as far as you seem to think.
0: <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. This is this works for me. He's like, I've done it before in bars. It works. I'm leaning into the bit. But he does have like a very kind face.
2: He yeah. does. He's really cute. I would yeah, trust him. Really I would cute. trust him to like
0: come to my house and help
2: me hang some stuff up. And then, like, he hang out capable. in the backyard after. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'd, I'd ask him. I'd be like, "How are, how is it going? How, who are you dating? Do you like them?" Come <laughs> on,
1: honey. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Mike got drafted as a baseball player at nineteen, but he was humbled by sports, um, presumably because he was not very good at them. That's sort of <laughs> left unclear. <laughs> He is waiting for marriage because of his faith. In case you're in any doubt about that, he has the largest cross necklace I've ever seen, hanging it's around his prominent. neck at all times. Um, and the maybe... producers
2: love it. The producers are like, <laughs> "Zoom in tighter, tighter." They're like, "Catch the that. light." They're like,
0: Give this man a Bible. <laughs> yeah. If the people are confused, they will no longer be confused. Katie, loves sex. Mike, never had sex. Whoa. Doesn't Thirty-one. Mean,
2: Thirty-one and never yeah, had sex. It's been so long. A long time. Smile.
0: I mean, um,
1: listen. Live your truth. Live your truth. We all make our own decisions, but I have to say, he's like, I I love that Katie's sex positive. That's great for her, but like, maybe we could just like not have sex together. And I was like, what do you think sex positivity probably means in her life and practice? Yeah. Like, also,
0: she like explicitly said, I need a partner who like sex is an important part of relationships for me and also i need a partner who's like very comfortable talking about sex so i was like well we'll see how this goes um we later saw many promos of him crying so
1: as someone who's been through this waiting to have sex for religious reasons is very unlikely to transition smoothly into having a very open and enthusiastic (laughs) relationship towards sex in your life it's It's a bit rocky after you've attached that much shame and prohibition to it to suddenly become very sex positive.
0: Next, after Mike, um, we meet Justin, who is an artist. Um, He's from Baltimore. He is painting roses. The symbolism is, it's it's rather obvious, but... A Classic choice.
1: I was predicting that he was going to paint, uh, before this episode aired, that he was going to paint Katie with her butt kind of turning into a bunch of beautiful roses. <laughs> and Gosh. at this moment, I was like, It's happening, it's happening just like I predicted. It turns out that's not what he's painting, there but were no
2: I, ma- I maintain
1: that he painting. could and he would. Um,
2: the only but is that I think he's actually a really good artist. <laughs> I like, he's not,
1: it, oh no, it, he he legitimately.
0: Like, thank God, he can actually paint. He's very
1: technically gifted. I don't know (laughs) if I think it's, like, good art in, like, the bigger sense. But, like, (laughs) technically speaking, he's very, like, he he would just make a rose happen in a way that, like, was very confusing to me. Look, he Um, has some skills. That's been established. And he's not afraid to say that he has good hands because he's an artist. And, you know, maybe he can use them on Katie. In some sort of mm. sexual way. Interesting. Um, Trey plays harmonica. He reads Latin. He likes classical and rap music. This guy is well-rounded. His parents <laughs> are still married and he is obsessed with them. He is very sensitive because his mom would make him talk about his feelings every day after school. Love that. Love yeah, the results. Really love that. Definitely want to try this yeah, with Matt. Claire, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> He loves women who are confident enough not to hide things from men. Not sure what that means. What does that mean? Um, most women, I guess, are just hiding things from men. Um, <laughs> and Greg is the youngest of four. He is from New Jersey, I believe. Um, but he says
0: New York. I wonder York. if he's from New Jersey, but he lives in the city now. That, that seems likely. Um, and he's like... All of my siblings are just having kids
1: left and right, just like pew, 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 popping them out. He's like, so I got to get on that. I got to get on that. With Katie. Probably.
2: Yeah, so let me hop on this national television reality show. <laughs> and find a wife. Find it's a It's really wife.
1: hard for a handsome 28-year-old guy <laughs> in the New York City metro area. Yeah, notoriously. To find a woman who is willing to have a serious relationship leading to marriage and children.
0: Yeah, just notoriously, um men who are attractive in New York City just it's really hard for them they have a lack of options yeah
1: um and on that note uh, before the journey actually begins, uh, I think we're gonna take a quick break but we'll be right back with more on Katie's premiere episode. <laughs> Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. There's
0: dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops, and premium jeans. I mean, you name it, and Newly has it.
1: For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month,
0: access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility are also included.
1: Plus the option to buy what you love. I love Newly so much. I actually have bought several items that I found through Newly, and they are staples in my wardrobe. Most recently, I've been looking for the perfect pair of jeans, which is a constant quest because my body is always changing, and also jean styles are always changing. I was trying out this month the A. Goldie pinch waist jeans, which are sort of legendary for how flattering they are, and
0: it was exciting to get to try them out without sending... 200 of my dollars away. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code LTSI20. Just go to
1: N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code LTSI20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month.
0: That's N U U L Y dot com, newly with two U's with code LTSI 20. Newly subscription clothing
1: rental. Change your clothes. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts it wasn't always easy.
0: Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola.
1: Yes, I've thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website, there's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible.
0: And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so
1: hard to keep track of every component of the planning process. It would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning
0: a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should, learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make
1: 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works.
0: Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild.
1: One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up
0: for an 830 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks and... It's been really helpful because my French is not good, but now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a
1: special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at Babbel.com slash LTSI.
0: Get 55% off at Babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled
1: B-A-B-B-E-L dot
0: com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And now, back to the show. So Katie, uh,
1: at this point in the episode, is waiting on a nice little platform in front of the hotel. This is when she meets Taysha and Caitlin. She asks for some advice. They're like, don't pick your guy night one, which has different resonance for Caitlin, who did, and it was a bad decision, and Taysha, who didn't, and ended up making a decision she still seems happy with. Um, And she's like... I just need a grown-ass man, a 26-year-old, or a virgin.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a 26-year-old virgin. Um, but yeah, we get to the limo entrances pretty quickly, which I, I thought was great. Not, you know, too much dilly-dallying. And first out of the limo is Thomas, who is wearing a blue brocade tux. And he is like a pretty normal... Entry. Yeah, sorry. My notes for these get to be really bad.
1: My note for him was he praises her vulnerability and blah, blah, blah.
0: I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, the how, that's how they all kind of hit
1: me. They all come out yeah. and they're like, I'm so nervous, but I love what a strong, confident woman you are and that you're so brave to do this. And it all just kind of like turns into a mishmash of Should affirmations. Should we just kind of
0: talk through some of the standouts? I feel like we don't need to, yeah, to go through Yeah, because most of them I just them. have they're like, pretty... Justin comes out in a blue suit. <laughs> blah, uh, blah, he's there. blah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David is also there and he's wearing navy <laughs> like look we don't even really know their names yet yes, it's fine yes yes yeah. I'm um, just gonna
2: say most of them their names are irrelevant to me yeah, yeah. that's why
0: my notes are like rock guy skin okay. salesman guy like that's how I uh, address them yeah uh, but Katie seems pretty like into it she keeps being like They're all tens. These guys are hot. Two thumbs up. I mean, that was the part that that I enjoyed. She's all that energy of like, she's obviously beautiful.
1: She keeps being like, I'm very confident. But I do think there is an element of her like bearing that sort of like, I'm not like the hot girl that like. Poses and model photos and dates perfect tens. And so she has that sort of like me, who, me, who's here with all of these. She's tens. like a little bit
0: of a weirdo and a little bit of a try hard, which again, like I enjoy. Yeah. Cause it is like a, a, a different sort of energy. And I like that she's like, oh my God. Yeah. All these dudes, they, they want to date me. Exactly. <laughs> little old
2: me. Like, all right. Okay. Claire, I love the she's all that energy. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I completely agree. It's kind of, it's like fun and also uncomfortable to watch.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nailed exactly. it. Exactly. Um,
1: and were there any guys whose entrances stood out to either of you?
2: Connor B. Doy. Is he the one who who's the cat? Yeah, he's cat, cat
0: guy. Okay. Cat guy. I mixed up which one. He's angelical B. cats. So, yes. Oh, there were a yes. lot of really yes. good cats. Uh, You know, bachelorette Combo Twitter jokes last night that I was really enjoying. He really committed. He didn't just like show up in a cat costume. He was like, "I've got the whiskers. I will be like licking my paws. Mm-hmm. I will be turning around and like pawing at windows." Like he was That's like, right. "I I'm He's committed to the performance. I'm a method actor. Energy too, feline yeah.
2: energy. He studied up on his cat puns. He was he knew all of his lines. I was I mean that was some excellent memorization and some recall."
1: he's like, I hope that you would want to ask me out. Yes!
2: (laughs) Honestly, that was good.
1: I was like, this is, I love when there's a little bit of idiosyncrasy to who is picked in these. Um, Because you can imagine that the, the standard bachelorette that you would get would be like, okay, that's you're wearing a cat costume and making a bunch of puns. Even if they had a cat, like it's not like a sexy thing to dress up as a cat and make a cat pun. But, but for, for Katie, Katie for quirky
2: Katie, it Katie is. is so
1: into it.
2: <laughs> she di- She gave them a double thumbs up. Yeah,
1: like, you could imagine if she, like, had a cat and she was like, oh, good job, like, nice one. But to literally be like, he is the person I am most sexually into <laughs> now because of that, I've never
0: seen anything like that on this show. I, I, I loved it. Um, I feel like Greg felt notable not because his entrance was notable, but because he got the sort of, like, music cues yes. and the, the time that felt like – it was, like, real front runner energy to me. They were like, this guy – is going to stick around. And he did get the first impression rose. So I feel like maybe that was clearly hinting at that. But usually with the women, if you get the first impression rose, you you make it pretty far.
2: You guys, Hannah and I are doing the Fantasy League's um, Bachelorette thing. Oh, who have you
0: ranked in your top seats? Greg is number
2: one. He's our first oh, pick. Oh, good. But we did it before watching anything. We did it a few days
0: ago. Yeah, that's how, what you got to do. So oh, you had the right... No, so you had the the good instincts. Yeah, but only with Greg. I think everyone else went home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you've got if you got one winner, that could that could take you to the end. I liked Michael's entrance. He comes out with a gift that he puts in her hands, and he says, this "I love a this. watch. It's been in my family for two hundred years. It's an heirloom, so don't lose it." She looks aghast but this is like kind of a move that happens on this show where they give the lead something that's actually kind of precious to them to create a link and so you can see her being like it's happening to me and now I have to like be responsible for this and he's like I'm kidding I got at the airport I'm not a creep and I was like I loved that I was so relieved (laughs) on her behalf that it created a really warm feeling which I think was was the gambit here and it worked
2: for me I have a quick comment about that, which is either one of those options sucks. If you give her a 200-year-old heirloom, (laughs) it's entrapment and manipulative. Yes. And if you don't, like the thing that I didn't like about his entrance was as a new watcher of Bachelor and Bachelorette is I was like, oh, cool. So within 30 seconds of them meeting, he's lying to her. He's tricking her.
1: Ooh, a lie. I hadn't even thought of it that way. But a couple of the notable entrances could be read that way. Because the next one I was going to bring up is Andrews, where he affects a, I thought, pretty rough British accent. And is like, I'm here from across the pond. And wouldn't, but I'm here now with you. Mine is even worse than his. And, (laughs) And she's like, oh, great thank you she, for being here and then she he's like clearly i'm him. actually from she's chicago like,
0: you obviously are american
1: well and then she's like well i could tell that you weren't actually from england because of covid but he does live and work in austria right
2: yes maybe did before the pandemic and they're still just saying that he does
1: That's interesting. I'll have to do some research on.
0: on Yeah, I wonder if he was if he was living back in the States during during COVID. Possibly. That's a good that's a good question. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he at least had like come back to be vaccinated. Um, The lying. That's what I thought of his, too. I was like, yeah,
2: this is dumb. Like back to back. They're showing on national television. Oh, like part of men's flirting with women with the she's all that women is is lying like tricking and lying but there's immediate disclosure yes but the the way that they first met like still the first impression Mm. is flirting via deception interesting that's
0: interesting i i felt warmer i thought it worked better with michael for me than with the accent
1: well i just find the accent a little cringy personally but i i think katie found them both playful, and Katie really responds to playfulness. She responded really well to some playful openings that I would not have been into, <laughs> like the blow-up doll. Uh, who brings the blow-up doll? Oh, God, who What's was, that? Oh, was
0: that?
1: his name? Oh, Cody. The
0: RV? It wasn't the RV. Guy. It was Cody. No, no, no. Cody I, was stays. Conflating. I was conflating yeah. Cody and Jeff. He
1: says... Because they're both he, creepy. He yes. says, there's been someone who's been helping me through these hard times... We've been intimate. She's been a shoulder to cry on. We spent a lot of time together. She's in the limo right now. And he goes to get her. And Katie looks like baffled, but she's got to know it's going to be some sort of sex toy because she did the same thing. And you always get your own entrance turned back on you by at least one person uh, if you become the lead. Um, And he gets a blow up doll, a very cheap looking one, I have to say.
0: Yeah, I was like, this does not look like a... You didn't invest in this one, buddy. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't believe I that also, this up like, doll recently, would have held up to many months of, of intimacy. No, so, I um,
0: recently watched Made for Love. And so that's like all I could think about. was like Ray Romano's uh, <laughs> <laughs> relationship with the sex doll in that show. Oh
1: yeah. And then I felt guilty for I was like, there's nothing wrong with. Cody seeking intimacy and stuff, and I was like, Claire, stop it! This is a pickup line. This is a joke. This, is, yeah. <laughs> this isn't real. Um, but Katie seems into this. Like she's like, I see what you did there. And there, there are a lot of guys who come out she, and make sort like of to sexual jokes. Effort.
0: She's like, I, I like that you thought about this, even if it's terrible. But Except the for the RV. The RV, like, <laughs> definitively does not work on her. Uh, she
2: was, what, like, I don't actually, think it would work on anyone.
0: She was like, actually repelled by it.
1: It. <laughs> I was surprised because to this point when she made the negative comment about the RV later, um, Jeff, the skin salesman from Jersey city comes out in the RV and he's like, home is where the heart is. So I drove my home here. She doesn't love the RV. She has responded positively to like everything else. She's like, I love it when they really make an effort. I love it when they don't. I love it when they're like, I'm so nervous. Maybe I love it just, when like, they have a didn't speech. like his
0: face. She didn't like his face, and then he also had the RV. So therefore, like the RV didn't work because she Listen, didn't like his face. We all have but our guys, thing we don't the R- like.
2: The RV is inherently like predatory. I don't know the the maybe I'm maybe I'm a wet blanket, but the RV <laughs> really it when that happened. I was like, but
0: well, also later yeah, we'll in the episode that. when he, yeah, brings her inside yeah. and it's like dirty. Well, look. OK, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Any any other entrances? Um, Mike, the the Christian baseball playing virgin stood out to me only in as much as he did used um, some of that very classic like evangelical language of like, I need to know your heart. Yeah. And you always know. That's like the biggest tell. If a they guy says that to me, I'm like you go to a heart. Bible church. I want to know your heart. It's like evangelical, just like ding ding ding.
1: Yeah. The rest of us don't have hearts and that's we right. certainly, yeah. that's certainly right. don't talk about them. Um I think that's that's all of the the ones that really stood out to me. Um Same. except for James, who arrives in a box. Ugh. We didn't talk about the box. He was He's in that box up.
0: for a really long
1: time. <laughs> He's like, I wanted to be present for you. Mm. Get it? I'm, I'm waiting. So therefore, I'll be
0: staying in here for another seven hours. So he stays so in, incredible.
1: and the idea is she has to come get... and Which is... I think this is kind of smart, actually. It ensures... In theory, it should ensure that they actually have a conversation inside, which is when you really want the FaceTime. And this is... Something that happens, like she does, eventually come find him. But it seems like he had to hang out through a long portion of the cocktail like hours, many still
0: hours, like many hours. Like that does not. I was surprised that when he finally emerged, he wasn't just like completely sweated through his suit because like the air was also
2: when he got out he was also the airflow <laughs> he was also all smug i don't know he like popped out of the box and adjusted his suit and he presented himself like can you believe that i look like this <laughs>
0: it's a hunk in believe? a box
2: and i was like oh god this is repulsive
1: <laughs> yeah uh, and he's really setting himself up for for dick in the box comments like i'm just predisposed to think like well is he a yeah. dick like i don't know It'd be really convenient for my little dated snl joke if he was um he no, has a very wolf different. of wall street vibe when it's very like the slicked back hair he really does wow three, three piece suit um But So all the guys arrive, Katie comes in, she's like, I didn't want to do a perfect practice speech because that's not who I am, it's not who I want you to be, and then she proceeds to give a speech that is about as polished as they usually are, because she's just a natural speaker, I guess. She's like, I'm here because I believe in this, I hope you do as well, be yourself, step out of your comfort zone, toast to love. And we're off. She sits down with Andrew first. And that whole conversation ends up being about how insecure he is now that his accent is bad because she insists that she knew that it wasn't real.
0: He was like appalled. He's he was, like, really Should I do it upset. again? Should I work on it? <laughs> like he was like, I, I swear it, it used to be better. I've been out of practice. Like he was
1: like, I was so nervous. Normally it's it's a perfect Queen's English. I don't know. What happened? And she's like, oh "Can I get to know you in some way?" And he's like, "Just tell me straight. Are you sure that it that you could tell?" Because I felt like I nailed it.
2: <laughs> what does he do for a living? I forget. He's the football
1: he's player. A football player. Oh, he is the
2: football player. It's like. I- that, that that moment was really funny to me because I was like, get this boy an acting coach, like <laughs> pro, pro athlete turned Bridgerton star. It was it felt like he was auditioning. And I was like, he needs a URP accent coach ASAP. Yes,
1: I listen. That could be an outcome for him from this. And I think that I, I would rather that. I'd rather hear his accent in that context. <laughs> um, She has a bunch of conversations. Any of them stand out to you guys? Thomas says he felt full of a fire engulfing him when he saw her, and he also simultaneously compares himself to a third grader trying to talk to a cute girl the way that third graders are full of a fire that will overtake (laughs) them if they can't possess a third grade girl. Yes,
0: very, very normal for, like, a Um, (laughs) nine-year-old. He gave me some odd energy. Like, he seemed to be already getting, like, agitated by... You know the first impression rose and not being picked. And I was like, "Oh, this
1: he's this latching on really like, hard. He's yeah, like, this uh, guy is
0: gonna lose his mind. Like he, they, he's clearly someone that and, the production can be like, uh, oh, uh, we can break you, sir. Yeah, he seems we will a little, be able little to unstable. Break you. Yes, yeah, poor dear. Oh, like, we got to talk oh. about Marty and his rocks. Oh my god,
1: he's got oh. a little sack of stones. Sweet Those little so Marty. Sweet. So sweet, sweet little
0: Marty brought his. Rock collection, it, unfortunately, didn't Marty. work. It, yeah, it didn't work for him. But I, I know. you know, respect. For I just, you. I feel like
1: if you're sitting down on a first date and you're just like, anyway, here's my little stack of stones. <laughs> That's sodalite. That's pyrite. You know, know you got to be a so little sweet. Find a more awkward. engaging way to work the stones into your small talk. He was like, you no, know? you
0: just name them.
1: It's show and you tell. Just
0: name them. Just a list. It was big very show and, show tell, and tell, tell energy it's
2: so sweet it remi- <laughs> I mean it reminds me of like my godson who's nine who literally is like this is a Tyrannosaurus <laughs> Rex this is
0: an and Gukaka I don't know like I,
2: he yeah. knows all the dinosaur
0: names no exactly. it really is the way that like children present so like, earnest this is the thing I know I'm gonna tell it to you exactly I thought um, that her conversation with Greg obviously went really well like again this is he got like an extensive um, moment. moment with her they talk about family he makes like an extended joke about um, his niece who makes a very exclusive necklaces out of pasta turn out to be pasta necklaces I thought it was cute so cute and I it love his really offering worked. it really worked for Katie she was like mm-hmm. very into it
1: yeah, he makes a long uh, joke, too. He's like, I, I normally wouldn't give a gift on the first date. And Katie's like, is this a date? And he's like, I think it is a date. And the camera, like, is lingering on their hands, like, meeting on their crossed knees. Um, and the, But then it, it sort of ends with him being like, I'm just really nervous. And, and like, I want to be myself and be present with you. But, like, it's just hard because I'm, like, so nervous. Um, and this is just catnip for Katie. She's like... I love that. That's so authentic.
2: She's very thirsty for that authenticity.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Trey showed up in a ball pit in the back of a truck. So for their conversation, they like get back in the ball pit.
0: That was that was cute. I like Trey has some some positive energy. I enjoyed him. He seems like a person that would be like fun to hang out with.
1: Yeah, he he came with some conversation starters about middle names and yeah, I
0: liked that. <laughs> and I like that he prepared. just like asked her an actual fact about herself. Yeah, like, you, he was have like, to be prepared. Yeah, but he wasn't like, "What are your goals for your long term relationship?" He was just like, "What's your middle name?" Yeah, what's what's your what? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like lots of the conversations
1: are them sitting down, and either being like, "Oh my god, I'm so nervous. I really want to use this time, but I just don't know what to do," and she's like, "Okay." Or it's someone sitting down and being like, I have to show you something. It's my stones.
0: (laughs) Or this painting I made for you or this fan art I had commissioned for you. Yeah, he was just like, yeah, what's your middle name? Yeah, cool. This is fun. Great story. Like, it was just, it was a sweet exchange.
1: Justin did indeed make her art with roses, but there's no Katie in it. It's just a heart made of roses with a hole in the center the hole in his heart. Maybe the final rose will complete this painting and this heart at the same time. One petal at a time. One foot in front of the other. But in the end, they've got a complete rose and complete
0: heart. Look, Justin is earnest. Okay. Yeah.
1: He, he kind of goes on this like this This he sweeps her up in this artistic rhetoric and then suddenly he's sweeping aside the decor pillow and he's pulling her into his arms and they this they make like out.
0: a very intense first kiss. I felt almost like I was like, it's good that she's attracted to him because there wasn't a lot of like waiting for her to be like, yes, I would I would like to make out with you. I didn't see grabbed. a bunch of consent. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like it was, like not, old it was not really movie. Yes, uh,
2: yeah. Where the men just take the women and, yeah. and the it's woman little, is like limp and she's like, oh.
0: <laughs> she's like, I guess, okay. Yeah, it was a little uncomfy, let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, a little low on the the, the back and forth, the, the mutuality of seduction. Um, this is when uh, Jeff, the skin salesman with the RV.
0: Uh, skin salesman, I mean, you can't really get past that.
2: But can, like can, what is, is he selling skin? Like, yes. is he like selling surgical skin? skin? Like, S- surgical. S- yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's
0: so scary. It's, it's so really scary when you say it and then he brings her to this van and has like the saddest vegetable platter I've I ever wanna say, seen. I want to say, I wanted to
1: preface this the way Jeff did, which is by saying to Katie, normally you shouldn't get into vans with strangers. But tonight, you know, do. <laughs>
0: He's like, I know this is creepy, (laughs) so I'm going to do a creepy thing. And he's like, here's the saddest crudité platter you've ever seen. I popped by a Key Foods and then popped it (laughs) into my mini fridge for the whole drive from Jersey. Here it is. I didn't bother to plate any of it. Also because um, this RV this is so isn't this romantic?
2: Old, the refrigerator doesn't work, so this is approximately 9-day old crudite. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> and it does and have he's mold like, on oh, it. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry about the dirty boxers of mine that are like on this very lived-in like brown couch. It none of it was sexy.
1: No. Katie wasn't was not at all of she Anne. couldn't
0: even pretend. I she was like, "No, this didn't work for me." Jeff
1: is like, "Katie is such a cool girl. I think she'd be just as happy in an RV or a palace." Cut to Katie being like, "I absolutely would not be happy in this RV. <laughs> a palace, maybe. RV, no. I mean, there's something about this move that I'm like, if Jeff, other like, they could have made this seem charming, but you got to be thinking if you're Katie, like, this is his big move." That means he thinks putting any effort into hosting on a date is, is a lot. Like, this guy's really proud of himself for having like, he a plastic tray of, of veggies. He didn't
0: even clean up. He's yeah, that like, doesn't gotta... bode well. It doesn't bode well.
1: Um, outside, meanwhile, Cody and Aaron are in the middle of a fight that is completely <laughs> so context-free. Saw, yeah,
0: nothing about. I did read on, on Twitter that, like, apparently – I guess they knew each other before but they it's not clear in what because what, what are they fighting about? <laughs> it makes no sense. It's also like it's not really a fight. Cody is sort of just like receiving all of this and Aaron who's clearly drunk is like I've never liked you. It's not my fault. I just don't like you. I don't like your face and Cody's just like oh, well that kind of is your your fault that <laughs> if you're like you're yelling at me like
1: I mean, it's clear, it made no sense. it's clear that it must be pre-existing beef because you don't say I've never liked you to someone you met 30 minutes ago, but <laughs> I, I have never seen them put so little attention toward contextualizing such a fight. I know. I was like, are they just... Then they never address it again. And I'm sure that they either, will in the future. But yeah. like this episode is all we have so far. There's no lead up to that. There's no context of them talking to other people about it.
0: Yeah. Normally you would see one of the dudes confide in the other one and be like, oh, that guy is like a bad dude. I know him from back home or something right. like that. Or like yeah. I've heard bad stuff about him. But there was just nothing. I think they were like, eh, whatever. These guys aren't that consequential. We'll bring this back in another I think, episode. Yeah, I think
1: they're doing a little tease for later but uh meanwhile james emerges from the box what i love about james's emergence from the box is the way that all the other guys immediately fall into one of my favorite insane bachelor world dynamics which is how dare this person potentially get a rose i met the lead 30 minutes before he did it's not fair (laughs) I've been putting in the time I said hi to her outside I've been visible and now he's just gonna get a rose it's you know what man hold me back hold me back bro it's not okay (laughs) like I was like are you you all just got here tonight you can't already be mad that someone else got here too late to get Look, a rose.
0: It just really riling them up for when Blake Moynes eventually joins, and then they all oh, get, like, God. legitimately furious. Oh, dreading that.
1: Yeah, big <laughs> time. Um, the first impression rose is here. Do the guys want it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, they want the first impression rose. Like, it would be validation. Um, it would make them feel really good. It would, it would be a good sign for the future. A lot of explanations, but I think we can all safely agree they do want it. And before we get to the awarding of the first impression rose, we are going to take another quick break. We'll be back in a minute with more from Katie's premiere. Stop, drop,
0: I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear, Mm. but Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really
1: need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles, and I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus.
0: They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... And passes the savings on to us. Quince
1: only works with factories that use
0: safe, ethical,
1: and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes.
0: I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince. But I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible neoprene weekender bag and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's
1: com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash LTSI. If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks.
0: It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white, or rosé. As always, I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines. Just for you. Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored. Choose when the wine is delivered and how often to get
1: new assortments of wine.
0: If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts. As someone who loves
1: wine but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and what it goes with.
0: This is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better. I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection. And it was so good. And it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself. A quiz and good wine? I mean, (laughs) everyone's winning here. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first box. That's T-R-Y firstleaf.com slash LTSI. tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. And now back to the pod. Let's get into this first impression rose reveal. Yeah, so Katie has had
1: a couple good interactions. There was Greg... She also had a sit down with Connor B, the cat that I personally was left completely cold by, but that really worked for Katie. Um, She's like, I can't stop thinking about you. He's there in his little furry paws and his whiskers.
0: They're playing like the giant floor keyboard together, which really (laughs) gave me, um, you know, Tom Hanks in Big. big energy. The most iconic floor keyboard scene. It is so of all theater time. kid. It's
1: like we're playing music together on the floor and dancing. Um oh my god,
2: Claire, that's so funny. And
1: <laughs> they make out, and his whiskers smear all over her face.
2: But also, that was an intense makeout. That was, was like, so, oh my god, it was I, so no, intense. It was uncalled for.
0: <laughs> I agree. I agree. I was like, I shouldn't be watching this. No, no, no. Like, I'm no,
1: upset. No. It's just it just goes to show that sometimes, you know, a couple has chemistry, but it just other people can't see it. And sometimes you can (laughs) see it. And that's how you cast a good romance. But just because two people feel chemistry doesn't mean that it like radiates off the screen in some sort of way where you're like, and now, of course, they're going to passionately make out. Instead, you're just like, what are they doing? But they they make out. They take a breath. They go back in for more. They're just like, I don't care. Get the whiskers out. Everywhere on my face, like that's what I'm here for to get dirty.
2: Katie's into uh, it, Katie oh, she's you know so into I I was here for it. Yeah, she was into it, and I was like, She's following her bliss. It's okay, yeah, that's yeah. What this is look,
0: about. I want Katie to be happy. This, this seemed like a very um mutual and consensual make
1: I just thought of what this was reminding me of, and it is, of course, the scene in Zoolander where uh, of course, the journalist. Love interest makes out with Derek Zoolander while he's in his Derelict makeup and it gets dark makeup all over her mouth. Uh also uh not intended to be the
0: most sexy scene no, but, just a lot just a lot of it. callbacks. Um yeah. Uh, yeah, pop culture callbacks. Pop culture references. Um and then we see Mike Try to bond with Michael, Katie. I guess. Oh, sorry, Michael, not to be confused with the Virgin baseball player, uh, right. Michael from Akron, Ohio, who tries to bond with Katie over the fact that they both have pets named Tommy but the actual takeaway more than that is that he reveals that he has a 4-year-old son back home. <laughs> he's a single dad. Yeah. He's like, "Look, I softening her up with the fur baby." Yeah. And then he's I like, have a "Also, fur baby. an actual I baby. have an actual baby." Um and he's like, "I think you'd be an amazing mom." And he asks like, "Is that something that that you would be interested?" And this moment felt really notable to me. Um which look, the bar is very low, but we have n- had never before, I think, heard a lead say that like she would be open to not having kids and that she wasn't sure if that was something she wanted and that she was sort of like ambivalent about it. Um, you know, I she mean, says, she like, makes it sound sort of like it's
1: dependent on the relationship on the partner she's in, rather yeah, than and- like not being sure what she wants. She's sort of like you know, like... I could go either way. I, I guess a is step-mom. what I mean. Yeah.
0: She's like... She's like, I could have kids if that's something my partner feels really, like, strongly about. I could be a step parent. I would also be open to not having kids if that wasn't something that my partner wanted. Um, And this is a show that is really, like, tends to be very prescriptive about what, like, heterosexual coupledom looks like. And it's like, you meet you get engaged, you get married, you pop out a bunch of kids, as many as physically possible. Um, and again, of course, there's like nothing wrong with wanting a lot of kids. That's wonderful and beautiful and you should do what you want. Um, But there isn't a lot of representation for the idea that a woman might like really want a life partner and be unsure about having kids yeah. or not desire kids at all or desire to like be a parent, but not want to have biological children. And yeah. I thought that just even, like, having her mention that um, was was really cool. And I, frankly, like, related to her sort of ambivalence and, like, openness to different um, ways that her, like, mm-hmm. potential parenting journey could, could occur. And I, I and really I loved I liked that, it. too. I, I, I,
2: I thought it. it was very refreshing and important to have, and maybe even aspirational, to, to have mm-hmm. that kind of forgive me but like representation on a show this mainstream yeah um yeah. because yeah it's it's this show is so um normy and yes. like people <laughs> people like don't I, I don't know. I don't, I didn't think I wanted kids until I like met Hannah and Hannah's the only person I'd want to raise kids with. Aww.
0: Right. And I think for a lot of people that your feeling about children does change potentially mm-hmm. based on the partner that you have. Um and as I've gotten older I've definitely found myself feeling that way of like cuz I spent a lot of my you know most of my 20s um single and I very much, like, came to the conclusion that I didn't want to have a child on my own. Um, and then I was like, well, if I meet someone, then, like, yeah, I'll see how they feel about it. Right. And so I really related to to Katie's feeling of, like, yeah, I'll see what my partner wants, and then we'll make a decision on that together. And I mm-hmm. could go either way. Yeah, uh, and it was just that. cool to see. It's interesting. How old is I've- she again? She's 30. I I really dated,
1: like, a bachelor person. Like, I was like, I'm in my early 20s. I definitely want kids. I gotta just, like, find someone who wants kids, like, as quickly as possible. (laughs) And it puts a lot of pressure on dating, I have to say, although it worked out. But the interesting thing, really, is that I don't think that's necessarily always how things actually go for bachelorettes when they leave the show. Like, it's almost like a sort of bachelor expectation, a trope, a script – that you want a bunch of kids, but how many bachelorettes leave the show and just like race to get married and start having kids? Not very many, like a lot of them are pivoting into these newly very successful public facing careers. And like, they have a long engagement, or, you know, they just want to enjoy life with their partner. And so we see, I think, actually, a lot of bachelorettes not necessarily having kids on a on an accelerated timeline but it's part of like the the heteronormative expectation of the role yeah. that you'll be
0: like well of course I want a bunch of kids. Mm. Right, you at least need to like make it very clear that that's your goal. Even if that's not actually like the path your life takes immediately off of the show within the bounds of the show it's like there is a real performance to being like of course I'm going to be the most amazing mother. I need to find a man who's going to be the most amazing dad. Um, And again, this is like certainly not to denigrate anyone who um, wants children, knows they want children or prioritize, prioritizes that in in their dating life. It's just like people are different and people have different priorities and desires. And it's nice to see those things um, just shown because that's like a part of dating is that you ask those questions and you get different answers from different people. Right. Yeah.
1: After that conversation, it's time for Katie the first to hand out the rose. first impression rose. Um, she sweeps into the room where it's it's hanging out and picks up the rose and leaves again, abandoning all these poor men who are hoping for it and finds Greg. In another room, it, Greg is oh, getting. Oh, he's actually
0: uh, not in another room. He's outside, gathered around a fire pit. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> tightly huddled with like ten of the other men <laughs> in a neat semicircle for, for the camera. In a neat semicircle, <laughs> especially for the
2: cam,
1: a classic bachelor shape. Um, and she thanks him for opening up despite his nerves. And she's like, I hope this gives you some validation. This is the earliest validation rose I can ever remember. Like usually the first impression rose is just like, I'm so attracted to your raw sexuality and your (laughs) rhomboid shaped head. And I just, we'll see if there's anything to this crazy thing. And with Greg, she's just like, you're so sweet. I want you to like, feel good do you feel good now?
2: And he's like,
0: mm-hmm, I do. I do feel good.
2: And then they aggressively make out.
0: Aggressively. <laughs> there's a lot of ag- aggressive making out. And you Katie's know what? That's a- what Katie wants. And I, right. I I want that for her. You get it, girl. She's, okay? She is,
2: and you know what? She is getting it. She is getting it. <laughs> she <laughs> she is.
0: really yeah. dove in for that one, too. Like, she was like, I'm giving the rose and now I'm taking the she kiss. make out. Yeah. She's into Greg and I think that there's something that probably, that like appeals to her about the fact that he is sort of bashful and dopey and that he's also really cute he's mm-hmm. also very cute i like <laughs> said last i think i tweeted i was like this is like fully a guy that i he's like attainable hot like i would have like matched with him on okcupid back in the day and been like really excited that we And then we probably would have like gone on two dates and then he would have like dumped me over text but like for yeah. those two dates i would have been very excited he's um, definitely someone that i would have like messaged on <laughs> okcupid
1: because i would be like this is within my league like I could get this guy and then he would never have written me back and I would have been like never (laughs) mind (laughs) that's
0: not true online dating
1: was not friendly to me guys look it's um, definitely rough
0: definitely rough
1: (laughs) (laughs) well fortunately I met another Greg not on from New Jersey
0: (laughs) or not from New Jersey (laughs) sorry who lives in New Jersey I keep saying like from Jersey because Greg lives in you and Greg both live in New Jersey now but sorry Greg is from New York he's a (laughs) Queens boy
1: but yes, he is. He is very cute in a way that that seems like you might meet him at a barbecue or, yeah, or a and I'm bar. into that. So I, <laughs> I
0: understand why Katie is also into that. And the fact yeah. that he's like doesn't know his own hotness is also nice. And she's like, let me validate you. Yeah, she definitely. Used to I have at a that certain power. Point in
1: the episode, being like opposites maybe do attract and like I'm so loud and like brash and maybe a, a quiet shy guy is what I need. <laughs> so sweet. And now it is time for the rose ceremony. Caitlin and Tasha emerge to do the, the structuring of the rose ceremony. Um, Katie comes out and is like, I take this very seriously. And she begins to hand out the roses which go to Trey Michael A. Uh, Thomas, Garrett, Connor B, Andrew S. The cat.
2: <laughs> yes. Meow.
1: Uh, and Andrew S is, of course, the
0: um, British accent.
1: British accent. James, Justin, Courtney, Carl, Mike P., uh, John, Andrew M., Josh, Connor C., Brendan, David, Aaron, Christian, Hunter, And it's the final rose. Taysha and Caitlin tell us who's it going to be. It's Cody, which means that the Cody, yes, yes, and Aaron feud can live to see another day. Thank
0: goodness.
1: Going home: Uh, Austin, Brandon, Jeff, Gabriel, Marty, Landon, Marcus. I keep guy looking at all dirty. these names and being
0: like, "Am and I like having who? a stroke? Like, I like, I just can't
1: <laughs> even process them." I, I don't know, know it's, it's so anyone.
0: hard. We need so many more Chirons. Like, literally, my notes for who's going home just say, "Emo hair guy," "Brandon?" Question mark. Yes. Bad <laughs> facial hair guy. RV guy who sells skin. Rock collection guy. Like that. Th- that's how my notes went. I was like, I don't know a single, single one of these guys' names, but I know that they like have facial hair and rocks. <laughs> ah. That's what I know.
1: You never need to know them now. They're gone. They're in the yeah. past. Um, and I'm sad about
0: Marty, though.
1: I, look, well, it wasn't. maybe Marty
0: will show up in Paradise or something. Little Ernest Marty.
1: Yeah. We got to, you know, it's the Bachelor in Paradise casting can be responsive to fan campaigns, so.
0: Oh, OK. I can start. We, yeah. On. Yeah. Just get, get on Twitter, thing. Molly. Start, like, hashtag Justice. Marty and That's his rocks. <laughs> Every time
1: someone does something bad, you, you have to tweet like, you know, you know who would never uh, turn out to have a secret uh, wife that he's hiding from Katie and then it's a picture of Marty. Cute.
0: Oh yeah, it's a great Bachelor tweet structure. Yeah. Um, and then we, we sort of like wrap up the meat of the episode early. This was a very like tight premiere. Um, and then we get an extended teaser but first, of course, Several good doctor promos. Just the show that I know the most about, having never watched it, because it's always coming on after The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. And the Good Doctor has so many girlfriends and they're all very sad. They're and always, he's always sad. trying to learn to make them less sad.
1: It's never his fault though. Yeah, That's he doesn't know
0: thing. he doesn't know how to deal with his emotions. Or yeah,
1: maybe it's... he does know better than anyone because maybe. he's actually the good boyfriend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he does have so many girlfriends. My friend he's Noah like, is on that show now. I'm so I like want to watch it because Noah. Oh amazing. well, Ask you can let us know. I'm just about.
0: always texting Claire, being like, I'm confused. Why does this twelve year old looking good doctor always have a new girlfriend? Like every woman wants to fuck this guy, and I'm like very confused. And they're all trying really... to teach him. Yeah, they all have something to teach him, and he's not learning because it's been many seasons and they're still sad i i don't know
1: <laughs> well so the i did do a little bit of digging and i think that she's sad because they had a miscarriage in a previous episode oh, oh. Okay. how could you be so, so insensitive towards this fictional miscarriage so i'm so sorry i'm so my god i'm so <laughs> sorry don't oh, like
0: <laughs> wow i apologize we are sorry um, yeah that was horrible of me
1: but uh I'm just impressed that he's not currently suspended from the hospital for being too good at being a doctor because that's his usual storyline. And then we wrap up with a long teaser. There's
0: pickup trucks, shirtless men, sex positivity, like more sex positivity
2: tons of crying tons so of screaming crying. A lot of tears sobbing of look, everyone's
0: leaving it.
1: her she's alone this is all apart I love a good man tear
0: just give me all of these straight men crying it's really like medicine well, to me you're gonna have a lot of good times yeah I know season. I'm excited a lot to yeah. look forward yeah. to there's mud wrestling Nick Vile is there he shows up someone uh, I might apparently see. gets whiplash being
1: Wells. tackled while playing a ball based sport
2: Apparently, some people are there not for love.
1: No, okay. no
2: way. There, there. Someone has bad intentions.
1: It seems like maybe more than one person. I know. Um, oh no. she's losing everyone. She's heartbroken. She's done. Get her a plane ticket right now. Look, I love oh. that moment. I love a Katie like, crying like it's... I
0: am done. I am done. Book me a plane ticket while I wander off into the New Mexican resort. That's right. <laughs> I will storm off back to my hotel room.
2: Also the, the the more I did take note of the there were more close-ups of that boy's cross necklace.
1: Oh yeah. Well, oh, yes. Because his he, cross he necklace comes it. between her and and Mike, like yeah, his cross is, necklace. He's crying.
0: He's crying yeah, a lot. She too. can't touch
1: it because she's unclean is the problem. So they're trying to get into some sort of intimate situation but shes it's like she's burned by the power of Christ. That's a common problem for heathens who try to date profoundly Christian men.
0: Wow, I haven't experienced that myself. But you gotta be careful. I, look, as a Jew, I assume I would just like combust if I <laughs> came upon you know.
2: A Christian boy? A goisha?
0: Yeah. yeah, a goisha with a giant cross. He would. Yeah, you yeah, would yeah. spontaneously what, combust but
2: not before being called a witch, okay? Yeah,
0: exactly. He was like you um you know led to the death of, of Jesus. So That's right. yeah. This is yeah. fun. Yeah. So yeah. Fun. um but yeah, there was some I'm I'm trying to see like who who we got a lot of. I think I did we, get the sense that
1: Andrew S and Greg are both yeah. going to be very significant.
0: Yeah. Connor Connor B. Condor the there cat for, guy. Cat yeah. guy sticks around. Cat guy's there. We definitely are going to get uh, Christian. Mike is going to go like partway through. Clear. I feel like he's going to like, he flame should, out considering mid, they midway. are
1: on a very basic level fundamentally incompatible. Yeah, but you
0: know this show loves to torture a virgin.
1: They're going to be like, don't positive. talk to her about sex on this date. Just... I'm
0: very excited to
2: find out who's the manipulative evil one who's trying to ruin everyone's life.
0: Uh, same probably a bunch of them
1: knowing probably this show they're gonna them. cycle and, through a
0: few and of course we see everyone getting very angry uh, at Blake Moynes return and Katie seems into Blake Moynes which is Who so is confusing to me he's the one with the really bad like
1: he was on Tasha's season
0: facial hair oh, and he okay.
1: comes yeah. yeah he was
0: on Tasha and Claire's season he was very into Claire he i only watched Claire's season up until
2: her <laughs> leaving with Dale
0: with Dale yeah Okay. Blake, Blake was Bl- the other one that was very into her, and he was yeah. like, "I did research on you." Yeah. Oh,
2: okay. That's vaguely creepy, but
0: okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was.
1: Um, so I think we have to to wrap up the recap there because we're literally out of things to recap. Um, <laughs> Molly, this has been so fun. I'm glad we could make this happen, and hopefully, the episode will actually see the light of day this time.
2: I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You're both delights.
0: We adore you. And please, please come back anytime. Now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It, a segment where we pick one moment we actually loved and one we kind of hated from this week's episode and rate them from one to five.
1: So five means we just really, genuinely, powerfully loved or hated this moment. And one means, like, eh, we had a feeling. Uh, My love-to-see-it moment this episode was Taysha and Caitlin just, like, fully gassing Katie up and giggling with her about all the cute guys, exchanging glances across the driveway... Uh, where where's this girl gang energy been all the Bachelorette's life? This is so much better than Chris Harrison just like looming in to escort her to her new husband. I love it. Five out of five.
0: Mine is Katie acknowledging that she'd be perfectly down not to have kids. As we talked about earlier, this is a first for the show. And I just found her like openness and ambivalence to be really relatable and cool to see represented. So I'm also going to give this a five out of five because I think – this uh, really mattered to a lot of women who are watching.
1: My hate to see it moment is going to be Aaron yelling at Cody that he hates him and has always hated him without any context. Uh, we have no idea what's going on here. It's just sort of context free drama. I am going to give this a one because I kind of loved this. Actually, I'm like, I can't lie. I'm very I, I feel I'm of two minds about this.
0: And mine is uh, Jeff, the skin salesman, trying to romance Katie in his dirty RV with a vegetable platter, like, straight off the shelf of a local key foods. I think I'm going to give this one, like, a three out of five because it did um, give good TV, but it was, like, genuinely repulsive as well. And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire.
1: Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Sarah Patterson.
0: Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer.
1: If you like the show, please rate five stars
0: and leave a review. It really helps other people discover the show. And if you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod@gmail.com at gmail.com and find us on Twitter at Love to see it Pod and on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week with episode two of Katie's season of The Bachelorette. Let the journey continue.
2: Stop, drop, roll, fire. Can you keep up? I like loving.
1: Ditcher.